What the hell just happened? The focus of this podcast is to help, educate, and empower survivors of narcissistic abuse, domestic abuse, and intimate partner violence. The survivor stories shared here chronicle what the hell just happened to them and how they were able to heal, grow, and thrive. Many victims of this kind of insidious psychological, emotional, and even physical abuse are left reeling after the relationships end, wondering if they're crazy and responsible for what's happened. I hear you, I see you, and I believe you. You're not alone, you're not crazy, and you're not to blame. Let's talk about what the hell just happened and discover how to heal, grow, and thrive. Hello, hello everyone. Today we are speaking with Carla Shohet and so happy to have you here today and we're gonna talk a little bit about what the hell happened to you. Um, So it's so great to have you here. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about your background and some of your um, professional training? Because it it bears um, hearing like where you've come from. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, first of all, Laurel. I appreciate being here. Um, So I've been a psychologist, a counseling psychologist for most part of my adult life. And um, I more recently specialized in trauma and narcissistic abuse after accidentally uh, realizing after all those years in my profession that I had trauma and I had been in a narcissistic abusive environment for a very long time, which I was unaware of until I was within um, another therapist community specialized in this area supporting other women to heal from narcissistic abuse and that's when I realized oh my goodness that's what happened to me (laughs) so none of your training your professional training you know as a seasoned psychologist it, it did any of it really cover narcissism or narcissistic abuse or or um, the trauma of it absolutely not and it's scary for me to say that you know now that I do this work I've had you know I'm, you know I have a presence on social media I've had people from psychiatric backgrounds um, quite high level and quite highly developed professionals contact me to say oh thank you so much for sharing these nuggets about the nervous system and about narcissistic abuse because this is just not stuff that is taught in our profession um which is shocking I know it shocks me to even say it still it's amazing um yeah but yeah no I had no knowledge of narcissistic abuse um the only thing I really knew about narcissism is the story of Narcissus <laughs> from mythology, and that's all really. <laughs> yeah. And I had been to see a dance show representative of that mythological story when I was a child, and that's all. Um, that's all I ever knew about narcissism, which is yeah, scary really. When I've been working with, uh, I don't know, maybe how many patients when I, as a counselling psychologist going through it, and not even being able to offer them support, appropriate support, uh, because I had no idea. Yeah. Most of my colleagues, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I think that's, I think it's a common story for a lot of therapists and psychologists that that we hear a lot about these days. It's funny you mentioned Narcissus and the, the Greek mythology. I, I feel like a lot of us, um, that's our base understanding and, and then we realize there's so much more to it. So you said you came about this understanding or discovered uh, more about narcissistic abuse by accident. How how did that happen? So post-COVID, I took on a contract as a support therapist within someone's free community that supports women who have been through narcissistic abusive relationships uh, to heal from the trauma of that. And I, you know, I just came in and started doing what I do best, which is, you know, helping people and counseling them through whatever they're going through and slowly reading the stories of these women, I started to really resonate um, with lots of different 
elements of what they were talking about that they've been through. And what happened to me is that made me, um, I guess, relive and really understand that that's what I, I had been through, which I'd never, ever realized before. Um, I had a lot of um, imposter syndrome as a psychologist because I was, you know, helping people to do what I couldn't do for myself and I didn't know why and I didn't know what was wrong with me. Um, and I searched for help for myself to heal for many, many years. I've invested thousands, upwards of six figures to trying to help myself and improve, you know, on an inner in level for my own healing and self-development and professional development, you know, and a lot of the things that I did study were absolutely amazing, but they never really even scratched the surface. And that's why I found myself after I think about three or four months, I started to really go into what I now know is a survivor part of my nervous system, because that's also something we're not taught as psychologists or professionals in the mental health um, environment in, in school. <laughs> you know, um, we, we touch upon some of the things, but to, you know, the level of um, knowledge I now have as a specialist in trauma and narcissistic abuse is very, very different from what I had in all those years as a counseling psychologist with all the courses and the CPD uh, continued development that I went through. You know, there was really nothing even coming close to the information that I understand now. And that's, you know, and what happened to me is what happens to a lot of survivors of trauma that they don't know they have trauma. They don't even know they've been through narcissistic abuse. Often we discover it after we've been through it. And for me, it was 22 years after. <laughs> that's quite a long time to carry unresolved trauma without knowing that that's what it is. Um, and as I was supporting these women, I quite quickly went into what I now know is, you know, the, the, the top part of our brain or our nervous system, which shuts you down. I went into absolute freeze, couldn't move physically, uh, deep, deep depression. And I'd been there many times, but this was kind of the lowest of the lows. Um, and then I reached out for help from the lady that I was, whose, whose community I was supporting to, to kind of get a bit of validation. Is this what I've been through, you know? And the rest is history. And then I went through my own somatic inner healing journey, which means that you work on trauma in the body because trauma is an embodied experience. It's not in the mind. It's literally in your body, in the fascia, um, that fiber that holds all your organs together. This was all unbeknown to me at the time. Uh, and it's very, very different from the work I used to do before, which was all cognitive. It's all to do with the rational part of the brain, which is now really, I really see it's it's all about symptom management, really. Uh, and it can be helpful, but it doesn't touch the nervous system. It doesn't go to explore the root causes and resolve those. Um, so I went through my own inner healing journey that was somatic. It was challenging, <laughs> to say the least. Even as a professional, I really needed help. Um, I just could not do it on my own. Um, I really, really couldn't because there are protective parts of us in our nervous system that stop us from doing the work uh, because it requires for you to go and dig deep and feel pain. Um, and our brain doesn't want us to feel pain. So I really, really had to get help um, to go through my own healing. And then eventually I decided, okay, I need to do this for other people. I need to share this knowledge. I don't want anyone else. You know, I want to tell as many people as I can to to know that there's nothing wrong with them that this happened to them not because of them because i carried so much guilt and shame around the way i was internally uh, i felt very lost i didn't know who i was what my purpose was never felt good enough couldn't verbalize those things i can now but there was this deep hole in my soul that i carried with me uh, no matter where i went i had lots of businesses since i was 21 years old and sabotaged lots of them because of that caught in a wound that was deep within my subconscious that didn't allow me to progress further than my nervous system felt was safe. Yeah. And then, so, you know, once I started to really feel the benefits of healing somatically, then I decided, okay, I need to go out there and help other people so that they don't have to suffer for as long as I did. And it's just been, I'm getting goosebumps as I'm telling you, it's been a life changing experience on so many levels you know personal professional you know purpose-wise is my life is very very different today and i feel different in my skin and that's the most important part of the journey that's amazing um so just to ask a, a couple of questions um 
you know, once you realized you were a survivor of narcissistic abuse um, and you kind of had this awakening and or mm-hmm. some people can call it like a dark night of the soul um, and, and, and kind of a, a, a bottom or a shutdown where you find yourself in this space um how you know how did you did you have a clear sense of where to go from there um I know you mentioned you kind of spoke up to the person that you were trying to um, help with the community you were managing for them but did you have a clear sense of like how to find help for yourself to get to you know, the healing journey that, that you mentioned, um, how did you, how did you find, what did you do? So when I reached out to this uh, person who specializes in narcissistic abuse recovery, I, I really had no idea. I, I, I still wasn't sure that that's what I'd been through. I had a lot of self doubt. I didn't know. Um, I, I really didn't know whether, you know, going on a somatic inner healing journey for myself would be the solution i was too scared to have hope because i tried so many things and they'd worked up to a point but never enough to say okay i feel good now you know or maybe the worked but only temporarily and then i hit a, another wall and hit another low um so no it wasn't clear to me but i you know it was kind of literally like um well if i don't go on this in a healing journey that's somatic which I didn't really understand what it was at the time, to be honest, because I had no concept of, you know, how narcissistic abuse or trauma affects your nervous system, your brain, and how all of that happens outside of your control because it's happening in your involuntary part of your nervous system and, it, you know, how it shows up in, in you know, in, um, in so many aspects of your life that you don't really realise, you know, in your work life, in your relationship, your friendships, your everything. It affects every single aspect of your life. It really does. Um I had no idea of any of that, but I just knew that because of my children, my three children, I couldn't just not try this one more thing. It was like a last chance saloon moment for me. It's like, I didn't believe it was going to help me, if I have to be honest. I really, really didn't. I felt that, you know, I I was being sold to, to go on this, you know, incredible life-changing program. I didn't believe it, but I had no other choice. I was literally at rock bottom and I thought, well, if I don't do this, what do I do? And I don't really think I had any expectations of what it was going to feel like, you know, where it was going to take me. Um, I don't think you, you, you know, even if someone explains, it's a bit like when you are pregnant with your first child and someone tells you about, you know, what it's like to be a first time parent and the lack, the lack of sleep and how it affects you, you hear it, but you don't understand it because you haven't lived through it. So even if, um, you know, I'd been specifically told what, what it was going to entail, Perhaps it would have scared me, to be honest, because it is a challenging journey. Um, It's not easy. That's why a nervous system doesn't want us to go there. Um, And you need a lot of support through it. I really believe that. I really believe that part of my healing was to do with the community of people that were healing with me that helped me to feel safe. And safety is such an important aspect of recovering from narcissistic abuse because, you know, that that trust boundary has always been crossed uh, when you've been through that. So to, to be able to... To heal, you do have to find those safe relationship and that safe space, that container where you can feel safe enough to, uh, you know, show up as your true self, ugly bits and all, you know, <laughs> which is not easy. We all put on, you know, I certainly did. I had this kind of, you would never have known. Uh-huh. If you had known me before, you would never have known that I was unhappy, deeply unhappy. That's an understatement. You know, I was suicidal at times in my life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The journey was in- incredibly inspiring, incredibly challenging, but it, it was just so worth it. And and nothing like I could ever ever expected, even if it had been explained to me, uh, because it's so alien to us to work in the body. You know, we're taught in society that our thoughts create our feelings, and that drives our actions. It's actually not. It's the opposite. And to get reconnected to those body sensations that are constantly telling us information about our world. It's a really weird experience. It's very, very alien. Uh, but equally, once you get to really understand your inner systems and it immediately lifts, starts to lift shame and guilt from you and you get to know yourself so well, then you get to a point eventually where you actually feel really good in your skin. And that's really, again, alien. It was for me. I was like, oh, I actually feel good being me without any 
you know, I feel okay saying I'm not feeling great today. And, you know, I don't have to show up in a way that isn't authentic to how I'm feeling inside. And a lot of the time I didn't know how I was feeling inside. I really didn't, you know. And I, uh, I, I, I love mention... the title of this podcast. Oh, mm. thank you. I want to mention and just backtrack because I wanted the listeners to understand when you talk about this somatic healing journey, it, I agree. It, it, it almost, it's, it sounds like woo woo or gobbledygook and like, what does that mean? And what is somatic? And, and you've touched on it a little bit. And especially um, when you talk about like not being connected to how you feel at all. But can you talk a little bit just so the listeners who don't aren't familiar with somatic healing what does that mean how do we feel the feelings how do we reconnect with essentially our bodies what is somatic somatic is literally about the sensations that happen in the body uh, it's called neuroception there are neurotransmitters in our vagus nerve which is part of our nervous system uh, it's a highway communication that goes from the back of our brainstem right through to our body and it's constantly kind of you know there's constant neurotransmitters traveling up and down to inform our brain and our body about what's happening in our environment and we get disconnected from those sensation because of trauma it's almost like there's roadworks in the way and you know these neurotransmitters trying to tell information to the brain actually most of the information comes we think it's all happening in the mind but it isn't it's actually 80 percent if not more going from get gut to brain and then only 20 percent going from brain to gut but you know when people i think there's a simpler way to explain it is when people go listen to your gut I, this always makes me laugh because, you know, I used to even say that to my clients and my patients, right? But what does that actually mean? When you are disconnected from your true self, when you don't know who you are, because you you have become this adult that developed from a childhood where you didn't feel safe to be you, you get disconnected from, you know, your sensation, your bodily sensations. You don't know what's happening in your body. And that information happens before anything else. So that gut instinct or that intuition isn't woo-woo. We think it's woo-woo. I thought it was woo-woo as well, but there is a scientific, you know, element to it. You know, it, it isn't woo-woo. It's, it's neuroception. <laughs> and it's like that feeling where, you know, when you walk into a room and you just get that, you know what the atmosphere is like. Well, how do you know that? When no one's spoken, you've just literally walked in. It's to do with neuro, with, with your, those neurotransmitters that are detecting, you know, is there danger? Is it safe? What's going on here? You know, you see animals, you know, in the wild have the same you know they'd be eating grass an antelope might be eating grass and suddenly you see it you know stand up and the ears go up and you're like what are they doing but they didn't see anything because they were facing the grass right but they know there's something that they need to pay attention to how do they know that they're not woo woo <laughs> you know is there oh. is their body telling them oh there's a predator there is something they sensed in their environment that they need to pay attention to and we stop we get confused because we as we grow up uh, for whatever reason, we start to feel um, that we can't trust ourselves, that it's not safe to trust our gut or to trust our intuition, you know, and that's kind of the damage from earlier developmental stages that happen because of the environment that we grew up in, um, you know, or relationships that we end up in that might be gaslighting or, you know, and, and you lose your self-confidence in a way. You, you lose your sense of trust in, in who you are, Um and when you, when you don't know who you are, you don't also know what the gut is saying. You know, so many times I used to go, oh, yeah, what's my gut saying? I have no idea. And that's really painful, right, to not know. You know, I used to really struggle with really small decisions. I remember this one time, it sounds ridiculous, I know, but I, I couldn't even decide what colour nail polish to pick at the nail salon. And I called my husband and said, can you just please take me out of my pain, come and just choose a colour? I mean, it sounds crazy, right? But this is... It, this is down to the level that this affects your system, you know, how you are as a person, as an adult. And I've always perceived myself as quite an extrovert and confident person. But inside, it was very different, you know. That's why I say, you know, if you had met me, you would never know the pain that I was going through because I always had this very nice people-pleaser mask. Oh, how are you? Yes, I'm fine. <laughs> and inside, I'm dying or I'm not even there. You know, I'm so kind of numbed down, disconnected from who I am that I'm physically there, but I'm not actually, my, my essence isn't there. Mm -hmm. 
and it's like carrying this massive boulder in your soul where you're like what's wrong with me you know and as I was uh, saying earlier you know I love the title of your podcast because for me that moment where I understood that perhaps I had trauma and perhaps I'd been through narcissistic abuse I was like that was the moment for me where I would call it what the hell happened to me you know and I'll never forget it I'll never forget that moment because it was just like it was a massive revelation for me that actually there was nothing wrong with me something happened to me and so many people out there in the world are walking around like me and I had no idea I thought I was alone I, I was I was the only freak <laughs> you know feeling the way I do um yeah it's amazing once we start to kind of come awake and have that inner awareness and we're not as disconnected anymore. Um, it's almost you, once you begin to see what did happen, you can't unsee and, and you, like you say, you begin to see it in so many others and, um, you know, see the ways where they're exhibiting what happened to them and they don't even know it um, and how they interact with others and, and how they behave and how it really drives um, all of their reactions just to, like we, you were saying about, just to feel safe in a way in, in their body, you know, to find that safety mm-hmm. is um, is really what our nervous system is is driving us towards is not happiness it's safety constantly looking for cues of safety you know so I want to ask you know for your healing journey you know you've gone through this process and you're you know kind of working on the childhood wounds and what has you know, been driving your behavior, how your nervous system has really been in the driver's seat for so long. Um, Did you feel like it was um, kind of a linear path that you were following as you were starting to heal? You know, were there things that you got really stuck on or challenges that you faced along the way as you started to learn all of this stuff about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I found it super interesting because I have, I, you know, I come from that scientific background. So I I was kind of devouring, you know, learning about the nervous system and I was so excited to begin with. And, you know, the first part of the journey that I take my clients on now that I went through is that you start working on your adult self, understanding why you are the way you are today. So understanding how your nervous system works and how everything happens, you know, outside of our control it, because it's happening in the autonomic parts of the nervous system same parts that are responsible for involuntary functions like breathing and heartbeat and digestion and immunity, et cetera. And just fascinating stuff, fascinating stuff that I still can't understand how we don't, we aren't taught this in schools, how we're not teaching this to parents before they have their first child. I mean, you know, some of this information like polyvagal theory uh, that talks about the vagus nerve that I was referring to before is only, you know, very, very new, recent research, 40 years old. So, of course, our parents couldn't have known that, but, but we've known for 40 years. So why didn't I, as a psychologist 20 years ago, didn't get to hear this information. Why didn't I get taught this, you know? So going back to the journey, yeah, so the first part is all about learning what trauma actually is, um, because there's a lot of sort of confusion about what the, the word trauma and it gets misinterpreted and misused and there's misconceptions around that and the word narcissistic abuse actually as well, or narcissism in general. Um, you get to really understand, you know, how you operate as a human being, as an adult self and where that comes from. The next part of the journey is a lot more triggering, I would say, or that's how I found it, or that's what I see in my clients now, because you then start working. Once you learn modalities and techniques to self-regulate your emotions and you're down-regulate your nervous system when you're feeling activated, you learn, you know, how to calm yourself down and bring yourself back to a place of, you know, adult self and, you know, presence rather than working from past wounds and past trauma responses, which I, I would I would dare to say that most adults are living in, you know, not from a place of true self-leadership or true self-energy. They're living, they're existing, actually. They're not even living um, because living is living in, in your, in your true self. 
feeling joy and feeling you know compassion and feeling kindness and being playful and creative I didn't feel any of those things I was existing I wasn't living um and and then you move on to once you can kind of learn to manage your nervous system understand what's happening for you and you can go all oh, right I'm activated now oh yes I know it's because of this and what can I do now and you do the techniques and the modalities that work for you to bring yourself back online in the present moment so you can be the adult self in charge rather than your inner child wounds from the past in that driving seat like you said then you start working on your past wounds kind of to heal those inner child wounds. there is always a, a an early developmental stage um link i believe to adult trauma um you know the wounds start in childhood because and that's sort of to do with the brain because of how the brain develops and how we don't have a critical capacity to the brain until we're at least seven years old and onwards and so we receive everything as a reflection of us and we you know internalize negative self-beliefs that then drive us to create some coping mechanism in our nervous system that might not be so helpful in adult life but we carry them with us because it's all in our subconscious it's it's that's what a subconscious blueprint is it's it's kind of like a, a hurt in a child stuck in an adult body and it's in the driving seat you know and we just don't know so we can't do anything about it until we bring awareness we you know if we're lucky enough like me to come across it and you know be able to do that healing journey and realize that that's what's going on but most people still today i would say aren't that lucky or don't have the opportunity to go on this journey so that's why i love being on your podcast and you know talking on social media as much as i can about this because we need to share this education so then then you start working on the past essentially on on your younger self and you start looking at you know what are your core inner beliefs your core inner wounds that you're you're carrying that your brain doesn't want you to feel so it creates all these what we know as uh, from an internal family systems perspective we understand them as protector parts but you know if i was coming from a different you know angle i would call them ego states or sub personalities and they and, and what we know them as is oh this is our personality we believe that this is us this is not us these are parts of us they're part of the nervous system that you know got formed to stop us from feeling the pain of our core wounds that we developed as children most commonly and that they then get kind of confirmed as we go through adulthood it's like a snowball effect trauma you know and the moment it starts if it stays unresolved and undetected it just snowballs and it becomes more and more and it impacts your life in more and more ways um and you end up then existing rather than living or even thriving which is available to all of us um but we just don't know it and then once you've kind of figured out all your sub personalities that kind of form part of the adult that you are today and you figured out you know where did the wounds come from and you get this really clear understanding of you know even inter intergenerational trauma you know how the parenting that you received affected you in becoming who you are today um then you can move on once you you've got a clear understanding of all of that and you can manage things and you can really get to know your these sub personalities and you can spot them as they come up and you know kind of soothe them away so you can more and more come from a place of true self you know going back to that you know that adult self being in the present moment not reacting to things with a baggage full of you know traumas but reacting to what's happening right now knowing that there is a challenge but actually I'm safe and I'm able to cope and that's all to do with our nervous system capacity as we heal there's core inner wounds and there's those kind of stuck traumas that get stuck in in our body it's almost like emptying you know and you know taking out boulders or beach balls that have been described in the course that I did um you know there's kind of weights that weigh us down and that don't allow us to show up as our true self feeling com comfortable comfortable and confident in in who we are not because of what we do or you know how we do it or how we look or just because we are me Carla you Laurel that's it nothing more um and after that then you can even look at you know what possibilities are available to you as your true self you know you can look up at your higher self who do you want to be who do you want to become and that that is mind blowing <laughs> that's a mind blowing part of 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 the journey in itself it's like a i see it as a separate kind of you know next level kind of um healing uh and it just you know and all of this once you're in the in the journey and it, you know like my teacher says all the time you know it's not a destination it's a lifelong journey and you'll get to see it as a life gift 
once you're in it and you get through the the most difficult bits because it really is because every level we grow to that there's going to be other layers to heal there's going to be other challenges and that push us to you know grow into the next higher level of ourselves you know and that's a really beautiful gift because as i said a lot of adults and i see it now i didn't see it before live their life like i was living my life in existence, you know, thinking this is what normal is. And this is, you know, I, I get people commenting on my real thing, you know, yeah, this is, you know, when I explain symptoms of trauma that are, you know, maybe not so obvious um, and lots of people suffer from them, they, they're like, oh, well, this is just life. And that's what I used to think, this is part of life. Being depressed for me was my normal, being sad and, and down about myself and my life and not being able to actually truly feel gratitude or joy in anything was just, must be life. You know, maybe, you know, that's just my life. That's how it is, you know, because you're not exposed to then, you know, the, your brain has a filter, the retinal activated system through your eyes. It just, you know, if your focus is on, your past experiences that have been negative or sad or difficult, then your your brain will just filter in this information and filter out other information because it just wants confirmation that you what you know is, you know, familiarity to the brain is safety. Mm. And so anything that doesn't fit with your programming, it gets discarded and, you know, filtered out. It's like a sieve. It's like, no, don't need those. And so it just perpetuates the this 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 existence that we're in. Uh, and it's really sad. Some people can live and die in functional freeze, literally living in their life, but not being present in their life, missing it completely. Yeah. That's so, yeah. And it makes me feel, you know, I can feel it in my body. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I, I, there's so many um, things that you touched on. Um, specifically, I just want to talk a little bit more about this idea of healing um, not being a destination and, oh, okay, I did the program and I'm all healed and life is la, 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 la forever and ever, evermore. And, you know, now I'm my, my future perfect, you know, so <laughs> we know that's not the case, um, you and I, but for our listeners, you know, what does that really look like? What does that really mean? You know, what, where do you, where do you where where do we go you know what really happens what does that really mean <clears throat> that I think for me the best way I could describe it is, is that you go to, through your life with your eyes wide open and you're constantly like being blown away by moments of your own life and other people's life you see everything differently and you experience everything differently I would dare to say that you actually <laughs> live alive rather than dead. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. So you're living constantly um, aware in awareness. You know, I never, yeah. I never used to understand this awakening concept. You know, I understood it, you know, cognitively, but I didn't. You know, it's, it's like you were saying. You know, people talking about affirmations and gratitude, and you know. Um, focus on the positive and mindset and all this stuff, well, that's all well and good if your system is used to all of that and it believes it, but when it doesn't, you don't feel it, you know? So I used to be asked, you know, what are you great, you know, your gratitude journal, three things you're grateful for today. <laughs> I used to write them down because I'm a good student. I'm a good, I do all the right things. I'm a high achiever. That's the protector part. And, uh, you know, to get that external validation that I am good enough, actually, thank you very much. If I get all the certification and the high grades and I do my gratitude journal and I write three things that like I'm told to, you know, but it's fake. It's not real. You don't feel it. You're doing it separately from your body, literally. And what it feels like ongoing is real gratitude. <laughs> which is really tricky to explain to someone who's never felt it before, but when I explain this, so I used to look at these people that are, they seem constantly happy and, you know, they, they, they feel gratitude in a way that if they're writing their journal of gratitude, that you see tears streaming out of their face and you, you know, they're glowing. And I used to think, what the hell, that can't be. Cause I, what's wrong with me? I can't feel that. I'm just writing it, but I'm not really feeling the joy. I feel, pretty much kind of like there's something wrong with me here the difference when you are on a healing path is that you actually do start receiving 
you're able to receive first of all because you if you heal your self-worthiness wounds and you actually know and feel that you are deserving you're worthy you are lovable you are important and you're more than good enough because we're all born this way okay uh, it's just life that teaches us that we're not which is a lie you your whole experience of your life and your whole experience of emotions and your whole experience of other people um it changes almost as a side effect of healing that self-worthiness because if you think about it you know there's a lot of people that you know have uh, have difficulty with money for example well if you don't feel worthy you're not going to allow the abundance that's available to all of us to come in for you because it doesn't doesn't fit in your understanding of who you are i'm not worthy of receiving so you find your system finds a way to keep you in that belief and so you can't receive you can't receive love so you end up in lots of relationships where you get disappointed or left or discarded again the brain likes to repeat patterns so the difference between living like that in stuck in these you know unhealthy patterns because like you rightly said the brain doesn't care if we're happy the brain only cares if we're alive and safe okay and to keep us safe it keeps us in familiar that's why lots of women that are in domestic abusive relationships don't leave they're not weak is their system that makes them think it's safer to stay in certainty than to try out something else that is unfamiliar or that's also why they come back it's like the nervous system feels like no 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 you left it's not safe you better go back even if it's destructive even if it's unhealthy even if it's toxic it's familiar so therefore equals safety and you stay there the brain will do everything it can to protect you and keep you safe and alive you have to get intentional with by doing a somatic inner healing journey to get happy to get abundance to 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 get it to actually get it to understand it because you feel it you know and I, and i and i find it really difficult to explain this to people because i used to be the person that used to listen to these conversations and think yeah 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 i get it but yeah it's not for me <laughs> I'm never going to get that. <laughs> you know, it's like there was this this cognitive dissonance where I know it's available for other people. <laughs> you know, and it's all very subconscious, you know, you know. Yeah. It's great for you. I'll never get there. You know, because I because I never felt it, I never experienced it. So how do you know that it's true until you feel it, right? We can only ever, you know, understand things when we recognize them. You know, this is what I say to a lot of yeah. people. They say, "Oh, you, you know, when they pay a compliment and they they see you, they really see you being seen. You can only be seen if you're not protected by all these, you know, sub personalities that are trying to blend with you and you know protect, literally protect you like a, you know, those those Russian dolls that are inside mm. each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's yeah. my best analogy, visual analogy that I can make. That's how I felt. I felt like there were layers and layers of other people, you know, that weren't me, and you know." it's it that's the process of healing is kind of taking off the layers and revealing the little doll inside that's actually the most powerful <laughs> if only we can let it be seen uh we all have our uniqueness and it feels like the ongoing journey feels like a movie <laughs> to me it feels unbelievable because when you get to the stage where you understand it because you've experienced it somatically all the benefits of healing your self-worthiness wounds you feel like you're one of those people that you used to look up to and go oh, yeah that wasn't that's never going to be me because you know they were born different from me or you know they're better than me or you know you you step into this place it's like it's like someone giving you a key to a different world and you're like oh my goodness i need to tell everyone about this but will they believe me you know because it is it, i appreciate it's difficult to believe that that's you know so many times i did abundance challenges and you know affirmations they didn't work because that wasn't my experience of what familiar and so when you when your version of normal is pain uh sadness you know all all this not so nice stuff anything that isn't that is not safe it's some familiar so the body stops you going there you know so i remember you know when i first tried some meditation i can't remember what it, what kind of meditation and i approached that moment of kind of um thoughtless awareness you know all these words you, they, they were just words they didn't mean anything because until you experience it they don't you can't know 
And so it is really difficult to verbal verbalize the experience of getting to the point where you are thriving in life. Because literally every day, you're like in a movie, every day something amazing happens. Whether it's you realize something about yourself, that you've become even more self-aware, or you don't react in a certain way like you used to. It's like it's literally like someone's giving you a gift of opening your eyes and you see everything with a different lens, a lens of true self, you know compassion for yourself and others, love for yourself and others, kindness for yourself and others. But it starts always within us. And that's the bit I didn't get. You know, I was kind, I was always kind and compassionate. But inside, sometimes I felt resentful or jealous or, and I didn't like myself very much because it wasn't connecting inside and outside. Whereas now, and, and then it's not to say, like you said, it's not like you heal and you live in fairyland, unfortunately. The difference is that if something triggered me before into feeling hurt, feeling that pain of feeling not good enough or not important or that I didn't matter or that I wasn't lovable, I got stuck in this kind of depression and, and I didn't even know what triggered it. I, I, I was completely blind, unaware, didn't know what was going on in my body, didn't know what was going on in my mind. I was kind of, you know, like a leaf in the wind, <laughs> you know, whereas now I'm like, oh, okay, this is happening because, oh, what's happening now? And I'm very aware and I can... I can then, you know, I can take control of my well-being, emotional well-being. I can understand it, not have shame around it, and sort it out a lot quicker. So instead of being stuck in a depression and deep depression or sadness for like weeks, months or years even, because there was, you know, there were times where I was really disconnected, so numb and depressed for, for years, you know, and now you know, when I do get triggered, because I do, it can last seconds, minutes. The most recently has been a day and a half, not even. Very different. Very. And you know what's happening to you. Yeah. So would and, you and say you that... also know that it's happening to you, not because of you. <laughs> Very important difference. That's yeah. a great point. That is a really great point. Um, I was going to ask, you know, what, uh, what do you, what happens? Yeah. What happens now when, um, something bad happens or something triggering comes along or, you know, somebody inserts themselves into your life in a really toxic way, you know, what is the difference in Carla now versus Carla then that allows you to, kind of get out of it or get through it or process it um, in a much shorter, healthier, you know, sort of way? What What is it that... There are lots of differences. There are lots of differences here. So the first thing is awareness. So I've become aware very quickly of what's happening. You know, I can give you a very recent example of being massively triggered by several tiny events yesterday morning. And realizing this morning while I was awake lying in my bed that I was going into shutdown because of it. And I noticed body sensations. I had tingling and heaviness throughout my arms into my hands, really, really heavy legs, like, you know, the, the kind of body feelings that, that keep you stuck in depression and literally lying in bed. I had burning sensation in my chest and in my solar plexus. I would never have known any of that before. So that awareness made me realize, okay, I'm going into my dorsal vagal. It's been a long time since I've been there, to be fair. And it was really interesting that before would have lasted weeks, months, days, years, who knows, right? Um, but what happened instead is that I got curious and didn't judge myself. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting that I'm even noticing. Oh, that's what it feels like when my body's starting to go into shutdown. Oh, and I knew why it was happening because I knew as each event happened yesterday that triggered me, I was very aware but I didn't have time yesterday to deal with it fully, to process it and to, you know, so cognitively, I knew that all these things were triggering past wounds. Didn't have the time to sit with myself and go through my own kind of processing. And so it came up this morning because that's what it, what it, that's what happens, right? When we can't process things and we push them down, they get stuck and they build. And eventually they do come up to the surface, you know, Um and then this morning, instead of lying in bed like I would have done in the past because I didn't know what was happening and I would have just been like, oh, I'm just not feeling well, and stayed in bed and got more and more and let the snowball grow, I got up, I went into an environment where I could process all of this 
because I now have safe connections in my life I never did before. And that, that realization even of that, having attracted lots of to toxic people into my life because of my wounds. Um, and the difference in now having safe relationships where I can totally turn up as a blubbering mess if I need to, with all my parts, you know, without shame, or if I feel shame to process that. And for people to sit there and hold space for me, no matter what, is, is, is a really, really big gift. That's the main difference. I didn't have that before. Before I would have had to, you know, because I have kids kind of get dressed, go to school. Yeah, I'm fine. You know, drop them off and then pretend I'm fine the rest of the day and the next day and the next day and the next day and inside you're dying more and more and more, suppressing that pain that becomes, over time, physical disease. And, you know, so to be able to release those emotions, to be able to sit and feel through those emotions, because that's the only way to release them is to feel them. That's how we heal. Um, is is massively different. So having that safe community or safe space or safe safe people is it's been for me one of the largest parts of my healing as well, my healing journey. And that again comes with self worthiness, right? Because when you're not feeling worthy, you do attract people that are on the other side of the spectrum, kind of the takers. So if you're the giver, then you're attracting the takers, right? This is the magnetic relationship with between a, a narcissistic person or a toxic person and a, a codependent that wants to, you know, do, do, do for other people so they feel good about themselves. You know, it's a match made in heaven or in hell, maybe <laughs> in our case. But um, yeah, so th there was another thing that I was um, thinking of when you said, what is the difference? Yeah, I think awareness is the key. It's always the first step in anything, isn't it? If you're not aware of what's going on, you can't change it having that safety and knowing what's happening is is together is magic uh and the time the, the length of time you spend in that state very different you know i mean yesterday was a very very difficult triggering day from all angles and all the wounds came back up so they don't go away we heal them so that we can live more and more from our true self you know but it's not like they, you know, our parts go away completely. They, you know, they step back when they feel that you are in true self energy and true self leadership, and they don't need to be quite so actively protective of you. But sometimes things will happen in life, challenges, and you're, you know, for whatever reason, you you will get a, a nervous system that's slightly more overwhelmed. Maybe you haven't noticed that you've been kind of doing too much and not really taking care of yourself and your emotions, and you you've gone back into that kind of um, rat race or whatever it might be, and you know. But the difference is absolutely huge. Um, and it's not something, once you learn it, this stuff, you can't unlearn it. You know, like you, you said, uh, you made an analogy about, you know, once you see it, you can't see it. I always think of those, you remember those images that you, that came out maybe in the 90s where you had to stare at the image for ages and it was like, oh, suddenly you get, the, the image pops out at you. Do you know what I mean? Uh -huh. The 3D or 4D, I can't remember. Uh -huh. And then once you see it, it's there all the time. You can look away and look back and you see it again. It's like that. It really feels like that. It feels like, you know, and I understand that now. You don't understand that from the very beginning of the journey. That's something that comes with more and more awareness, more and more realizations about yourself and noticing what's going on for you. And you're like, wow, <laughs> I can't believe I processed all of that. You know, a few years I would have been depressed for like God knows how long, you know, but um, yeah. So <clears throat> I want to ask you, and you touched on it a little bit there, um, mentioning, you know, like self-care and caring for yourselves. But what can you tell our listeners who might be kind of feeling depressed or unable to get out of bed or really like in that freeze state? They don't that, you know, that many in the beginning don't really even have words to describe what they're noticing about themselves and they're they're just stuck just completely stuck what can you tell listeners um to give them I guess a way to get started what are some tiny little steps because we know it's it's important to go really slow and not overwhelm ourselves as we as we start to heal but what can listeners do to really begin to go down the healing journey and take steps for themselves to heal? 
the first thing I want to say to anyone who's listening, feeling in any way bad about themselves and thinking that there's something wrong with them, I want to say it's not your fault. You know, I, the most important lesson for me was really to truly understand that a lot of these things that happen that, that make us how we are and how we feel aren't choices, are not conscious choices. They're subconscious, autonomic, involuntary, responsive responses to stuff that hasn't been processed. So it's happening to you, not because of you. Okay, so if you're feeling depressed or suicidal even or, you know, whatever, like you're not good enough, you feel stupid or weak, it's not true. It really isn't. And it's not you choosing to be this way. I've never met a human being that has chosen to be depressed or suicidal or anxious. Okay. So these things are happening outside of of your control. However, as the adult that you are today, what you do have control over is to do a little bit of research in trying to figure out what does trauma informed mean. And I really, as a counseling psychologist for 22 years, I don't dismiss the work a counseling psychologist do. There are there is a place for CBT and cognitive, you know, talking therapy, etc. But I want you to understand that you cannot talk yourself out of trauma and depression or any anything that's stopping you living the life that you actually deserve, thriving and feeling joy and happiness and feeling good about yourself just as you are. Those are protective parts and they are part of your deeper parts of your brain, subcortical brain parts, limbic system, brainstem. You have to work somatically to heal. You cannot think yourself out of it with mindset or affirmations. You can't because it's a different part of the brain that you're engaging when you're talking. Okay. You, I really encourage you, if, if nothing else, get your phone while you're still in bed and start Googling about the nervous system, about trauma, about how any toxic form of abuse, especially the insidious nature of narcissistic abuse, how that impacts the nervous system. Start looking for therapists that are trauma-informed, that understand the nervous system. Ask questions. If you are in therapy with a talking therapist, ask them, what part of the brain are we working on? Ask them, because they need to be informed as well. They don't know. And we, we all do what we know until we know, we know better, hopefully. Okay, I didn't know, you know. And if you are trying to cure yourself by talking to someone, it's not enough. It's never going to be enough. It may give you temporary relief. You may feel better. You may be able to manage your symptoms better. But the root cause is still there. You have to work on a nervous system level to truly heal so that your triggers aren't going to trigger you like they do now into depression, into ADHD, disease, you know, um, OCD, borderline personality disorders. We, you know, we can pathologize and medicalize all these things, but there is something you can do to make yourself better. And that is when you start looking at your nervous system, because that's where it's all happening. That's what you have control over. Not snap out of your depression or come on, pick yourself up. It's not possible. If it was possible, then you wouldn't be where you are. Right. If, if you could just do it, just, you know, mind over matter, then you would. Who likes to be depressed? <laughs> you know, no one who likes to be so anxious that they can't go out. Who likes to be so afraid of other people? Nobody, you know, nobody likes to be in those states that aren't healthy or productive or enjoyable. And we need to start lifting that shame from ourselves because it isn't your fault. It's happening in the involuntary parts of your nervous system. So the one thing you can do, even if you are stuck lying in bed, instead of scrolling on social media, unless you're searching for, you know, people that can educate you, like myself and Laurel, for example, on this subject, I really encourage you to start researching, you know, how does trauma affect the nervous system? What is trauma? What's narcissistic abuse? How does that affect my nervous system? Why do I feel the way I do? And why is it not my fault? That's what you need to find out. That's the key. Because when you start to understand that it's not your fault, then then you, you do get empowered to know that there's something you can do. But until then, if you keep trying, it's just mindset work and affirmation and gratitude. It's, it's, it's not hitting the spot of, you know, that root cause of the problem, which happened much, much earlier than you might think. And I really, really encourage everyone to, you know, start and, and, and also know that, you know, um, 
knowing this information is also not enough. You don't have to practice your own healing. You can't just know it because that's also not in the right part of the brain. You you can know it. You know, I have lots of clients that come from narcissists that have realized, you know, maybe at the end of the relationship, oh, you know, he was a narcissist, she was a narcissist, and they almost got a PhD, right? <laughs> I think you said that on your website somewhere. You know? <laughs> We've all been there. You know, start Googling everything and, like, you know, get all the information, but that information is sitting in your prefrontal cortex in that cognitive part of the brain, which is not where the trauma is stored. So you have to use modalities that are get, that give you access to do, to trauma capsules stored in the body in the in the fiber in the in, in the fascia so you have to access you know the limbic system which is the emotional part of the brain and the memory part of the brain and go right down into the limbic uh, the 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 brain stem as well to access those trauma capsules that are stored literally in the body and that's how you rewire your nervous system by just confirming experiences, reprogramming, you know, negative self-beliefs, reframing uh, things that have happened from an adult trauma-informed lens, which means coming from a place of curiosity rather than judgment. Because we we are our worst enemies. We judge ourselves because we have, most of us, I would say, a very strong inner critical part. So powerful. So, so yeah. powerful. I know I, I feel it. I'm feeling it. Even just listening to you talk, I feel it um, yeah. in my body. And um, I know for myself, knowing for years, you know, in in the thinking part of the brain, knowing I'm good enough, I'm lovable, I don't deserve this abuse, but yet the body stayed and, and um, stayed stuck. And I didn't feel it. I knew it, but I didn't feel it. And finding that shift and going from understanding what narcissism is and getting that, you know, degree in narcissism <laughs> to moving towards looking inward, I think is... Um, where a major shift happens for many of us is, is we get to the point where we let go of the ruminating of, of what it was, who that person was um, that may have abused us, what happened to us, getting to that point, what happened to us, not because of us, and then looking, you know, really hard in the mirror at... Um, what's going on in our nervous system, what, what that nervous system response means, what that looks like for ourselves is, it's such a game changer, um, you know, really to move forward and, and heal those wounds. So I want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your journey and your knowledge and your expertise. And um, I think it's so important to get this information out there. And so that's definitely, you know, my mission with creating this podcast is to help even just one more person, you know, if it's, if we can. Um, so if somebody yeah. wants to get a hold of you, wants to contact you, what is the best way for our listeners to reach you? So my website's now been rebuilt, but it's carlashohet.com. And I'm sure you'll drop a link somewhere so that I don't have I to spell my husband's surname. <laughs> <laughs> or you can find me on Facebook uh, or Instagram. Same Carla Shohet. Okay. You can just look me up and uh, thank you so much, Laurel. I couldn't agree more. Um, it's so important that we share this information and I'm really, really grateful for you giving me the opportunity to have this conversation with you and for us together to, you know, spread the education around this so that more and more of us can suffer less or for less time. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. See you on the next episode. What the Hell Just Happened is a Kick in the Hornet's Nest production created and hosted by me, Laurel Whittier. If you'd like to support the show further, you can share episodes with your friends and family, leave a positive review, and follow What the Hell Just Happened on Instagram. If you're interested in being interviewed on the podcast, please go to WTH jh.com 
to share your story or email me at hello at wthjh.com. If you're in need of healing support, be sure to come and join my free and private Facebook group, Healing Narcissistic Trauma, or drop me an email at hello at healnarcissistictrauma.com. And please know that you are not alone in any of this. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, and you can go from living in survival mode to grow and thrive after the trauma of abuse.